2: Tom Bernard, show with JB,
3: co host Catherine Brandt,
2: Andy Brandt Bernard,
3: Cassie Schrader,
2: and hopefully Ian Punnett will join us. He for just a- called back. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, good. So Ian will be with us too. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard, show. Walzer Automotive <laughs> Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. Please don't say, tell him Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean
0: Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for our 2, Tom Bernard show. Ian Punnett, our special guest. <laughs> I trampled the uh, ramp there. Do you hear that? I trampled the <laughs> ramp. I Paul wasn't going to say anything. I understand, dear. <laughs> I am crazy.
4: <laughs> I want to read a very quick story,
2: and then I, then I want to talk about a couple of subjects that you want to talk about. So think of a couple of subjects you want to talk about while I'm reading this story, okay? Don't you want me to uh, answer I've, your I've got,
5: question, too? I've got two.
2: You have two. Okay, and, JB's uh, going to answer the question. Is Tom Bernard a racist <laughs> or not?
5: There we go. Uh, as I've always stated, <clears throat> I've never met a racist that would have me over to his house for dinner with my children. That's how I've always.
2: Okay, so I'll invite you
5: to dinner. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I, that's how I've always stated that to people who've. Because people Ian, people have actually asked me that question. If
2: I'm racist, yeah. Sure. Why do they think I'm racist? I have no idea. Because I treat everyone the same,
5: right? You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't think that you know what black people need or this group needs because yeah, I know that, right?
2: Yeah, I, I see. I grew up with black people, so I, I don't presume to know what black people need they have their own lives you know they i don't know if people know this or not but black people are human beings just like we are and they can take care of themselves i, I, just, I agree. i've never understood that uh and and uh
6: can i jump in there yeah yeah so like i totally agree with that i think you hit an interesting point because i think some of the problem is we we nobody should be treated like a smurf right right i mean right. we're and so if you don't have any insight? Don't try to speak for them. Don't sort out other people's problems. They don't need protection in that way. But I will offer this, and maybe this resonates with both of you, that I've always maintained that it, we all have our prejudices. Yep. Right. We're all, we sure. all Pick up prejudices. Sure. Every African American I know has some prejudices. Mm-hmm. Every many more white people I know have prejudices. But but the difference is just like truth is like a fact over time, where you have a fact point, but when you measure it over time, you can start to see something as a truth. I think racism is prejudice over time. Yeah, maybe. And when people get, get really married to their prejudices, that's racism.
5: Yeah,
2: I could see that.
5: Well, they've become an institution, or become institutionalized. Also, or should be. Right.
2: I love. I love this story. This is my favorite story, and this is why I think people think I'm racist because I will tell this story. Uh, two Christmases ago, we had the family over Christmas Eve. JB was there, and Philip were there. So was the family, and two black men.
3: Mm.
2: The two black <laughs> men got into an argument. Ah! <laughs> It was phenomenal. It's more like four years ago now. Yeah, it was it, four years not. Ago? It was, it was yeah, years ago. I think ago. It, was. it was more three. than two. That's no for sure. way. Yeah, it was no, at least three. It was not. Yeah, Philip was, was
3: in rare form. Mm-hmm. I haven't it's seen Philip in
2: hollering. a long time. Philip was so crabby, and he kept going after JB all night. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well,
5: I've always explained why that happens, and because I, I see it in my. <laughs> I've growing up, I would see it in my family. It is a. Um, Age thing, yeah. yes, definitely. it is an age thing. Yeah, it is it, an age it's it's an age thing, thing. Mm-hmm. and with that generation, because they were the people who fought the uh, civil rights war, mm-hmm. they were on the battle lines. They were there. They were the one who faced all of it.
2: Um,
5: they didn't see the payoff personally. Mm, I think
2: that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. About they
5: that. they can see it through their children and their younger relatives things got, like for me, things mm-hmm. got better, but they never got to experience it themselves. And I think there's some envy and regret there, and, and it comes out sideways most of the time. I think that's, that's,
2: a, that's beautifully put. It is. I, I don't be that nice to him. No, you know, I got I to be <laughs> he here with him nice all just because
4: he's no, back. It, it is really <laughs> <good.
6: Yeah>. See, <laughs> the, stuff, it's the stuff that pushes out sideways that you and I have talked about five times already, right? Yeah, Anger, yeah. Yep. you know, all of that stuff. That's all the stuff that comes out when, in ways it's non-linear in its response. And probably, and you tell me whether I've got this right, it may be that some of the older generation resents that the younger generation actually takes what was achieved for granted. Sure. Yeah. Well, and- for sure.
5: Yep. You're 100% correct with that.
3: Well, I think that's what's happening in American history. Um, it It's like, yeah, we create, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but when the settlers came here, they created a really prosperous country, and it was at the expense of other people. And now we're supposed to feel bad about it and shame everybody about it.
2: Yep, No, that's very true. It's really kind of sad looking at it that way um, because, again, Catherine and I watched CNN had a show on called 1968.
3: Oh, I could barely watch it.
2: And we're going through the same thing 50 years later. Same exact thing. Everybody hates everybody else, mm-hmm. and they're yippies and they're hippies, and they're lefties and they're righties, and everybody hated everybody. And people started getting mowed down in the street. They were getting mowed down in the street, people like JFK and Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. and Students. I mean, and there were so many. I have four students at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Everybody hated everybody, and we're in that uh, same wheelhouse right now. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that we don't start. Although, I think the school shootings might be the result of that very thing. Probably.
3: I think they're a result of their medication. A lot <laughs> no, of those, kids are, those kids are. Medication
5: or not being medicated, both. Hmm.
3: Well, like I think the medicated. majority yep. of those kids are on some sort of serious antidepressant.
2: Well, you would think that. Uh, person who is depressed enough to shoot up a school would probably be on some kind of medication that would no, be good.
3: i'm saying that i think that some of these medications have majorly side effects right. i mean suicide is one of them i mean that's just
5: yeah but
6: um well they weren't they weren't tested on kids which is interesting no. almost yeah. all of those antidepressants were not tested on kids exactly. and because the teenage brain is so unpredictable and, and the hormones can affect everybody at different rates. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I believe that there's truth to that. I also think that this idea about um, that suicide, we don't cover it in, in journalism. You don't cover suicides because you're, you would then be giving more license to other people
4: mm-hmm. to
6: go, oh, look, that person suicided and they got on the news. They got a <laughs> chance to have their last yeah. good moment. And so I think a lot of this problem is because of a journalistic um, wrinkle that it's a, when there's a shooting at a school, it's news, but Huge if it's a suicide, news. it's an elaborate suicide that involves killing other people before right. they either shoot themselves or want to be shot by the cops, um, that it, it ends up getting other people to go, I want that too. I want to be able to say I was here. I was sad and feel my
5: pain. But I want to ask you Ian and Tom and Kat and everybody, where is that not happening? Do it mean? doesn't
6: happen anywhere but here.
5: No, it happens other places. But we I'm just talking about even. About it. No. I'm talking about with no, even, not, like, I'm talking about even within this country. Where is it not happening? Oh. Alaska. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Inner city school. Is there, Has there been
6: well, one in every state?
5: Probably. I don't but know. I, I'm. What I'm saying is, I went to an all black. High, I grew up in an all black high school. You're not seeing it there.
2: Yeah, but would for, you pull for, a gun on a bunch of black people? <laughs> <That's>,
5: <laughs> you might get an answer back. <laughs> that you you don't an, like? Yeah, you get an answer but, back. Uh, yeah. Here's I, perspective that's never discussed. It because they talk about security in schools. Yeah. My high school, we had metal detectors.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's so right.
5: that already, you know, our armed you had an armed presence. You know, you didn't have one cop. We had several guards, and people go, "Well, you don't want to live that way." Well, which way do you want to live? Exactly,
3: okay. you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to make a decision to try to do something. So right. you know, do it. I don't understand. So I don't,
2: Shut the hell up, Siri. <laughs> so when I have a question she just start for you. Talking. Sometimes Siri just like like starts, starts moosing, yeah, like yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> um, like
3: maybe she'll give my messages to other people that I don't know.
2: When did this "everybody has a gun" thing happen? Because I I grew up uh, a I long was, time you know, ago. I was in high school and junior high school in the '60s, and I had a gun pulled on me once. Growing up in the worst neighborhood in the state of Minnesota, <laughs> mm-hmm. one time a guy pulled a gun on me. And it was a white guy, actually. I should point that out. <laughs> and he pulled the trigger, but it didn't fire. But uh, I, I never ever—that was the one time somebody pulled a gun <laughs> on me. Only
3: once. So <laughs> fortunate. Well,
2: but you would
5: think. I, I grew up near the city of St. Louis, and the only time I had a gun pulled on me was by a cop.
3: The only time. It was really. The, he the, drew the, his I had.
5: I had. Oh yeah. Oh my.
2: Well, I know gun ownership has fallen since the 60s so well, see so so why didn't everybody in my my right. group or why didn't everybody in my school have a gun you didn't hear about it i you never saw them i guarantee you. Oh, that. i mean i never. knew
5: friends who had guns on them but they never came out
2: yeah well yeah, see, there, there was, you go
5: yeah it was like you know and so i was with friends four times when we got pulled over mm-hmm. and what did it, you do we didn't do anything <laughs> um franklin driving while black driving (laughs) while black um (laughs) one time we were yelling at some young ladies of a different ethnic background but um oh in clayton matter of fact fancy
2: (laughs) suburb yeah fancy suburb
5: um no but the times we got pulled over we would be on the ground whispering to each other, such and such, if you got your gun with you, we're going to kick the crap out of you when we get out of this. And you go, no, I haven't got anything. It's like, okay. yeah. But we knew of friends who had guns. But you, like I said, yeah. you never saw them unless it was, no. It got to a point where it, they thought they were really being threatened and they would at that point then pull them up.
2: Yeah. The only time the reason the guy pulled a gun on me he was at a party. It was at a house party. And he was so high, and I don't know what the hell he was high on. I don't think he knew what he was doing. But he he would have killed me if the gun had gone off. He Those would have are killed the
3: people me. that should have guns, right?
2: Yeah. People get really <laughs> so high. So
3: high and have a loaded gun. Yay.
2: So, Ian, we have we have two things that you wanted to talk about. we got about three and a half minutes yeah. left in this segment, and then we got a bunch D- of yeah, other Yeah, but didn't,
6: did, didn't you have a racist story you were going to tell us? Like, <laughs> something that you were going to tell us about So that. these two Mexicans, Mexicans were at a party. <laughs> yeah. On your own show. <laughs> you didn't
2: get that. I don't know. I did, I just when, once I start thinking about Franklin who's who highly underrated. Do you even know who he is? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, I do. He to he,
6: he did that whole fish thing or no what, what was his he had like this big long bit
2: that was very famous for was he good. was he honest to god was one of the funniest most outspoken comedians yeah, uh-huh. of all time and he never got credit for it he had one of the funniest lines i ever <laughs> heard in my life he said it got pulled over by the police yesterday he pulled me over i said officer why are you pulling me over he said, I'm pulling you over for being a big in on a sunny day. <laughs> he said, but officer, I left the house this morning and it was gloomy then. <laughs> One of the great had, jokes of all time.
6: Frankly, the guy had that great, like, Kind of almost like a jazzy kind of delivery, right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, I liked him. He was. was Uh, Look, I don't want to. You you all do such a great show, and I'm so grateful to be able to pop on. So thank you. And I I I don't want to take any more time away from anybody else. But I had a quote that I think is worthy of considering if you wanted to end on. And my news was only that. Do you know Artie Lang?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I know Artie.
6: Okay, so has Ari ever been on your show?
2: Yes. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a friend of a friend. Uh,
6: he just got sentenced Mm-mm. for the whole drug stuff. And I just got this texted to me. Um, outpatient drug program, four years probation, drug testing, drug test starts 10 days.
2: Well, that's good. Um, yeah. yeah. So this, he just, he's not going to go to prison. He's not going to what, prison, which is good. It had been a, a real concern. It was a real concern. Yeah. I, I was really disappointed when when Nick and Artie went off the air. Well, Nick left first and then Artie uh, went off the air too. I loved the Nick and Artie show. I thought it was wonderful. Nick yeah. DiPaolo and Artie Lang. There It was a terrific show. But, you know, Nick is a good friend. I love Nick DiPaolo. He's a good friend of mine. But he can piss people off, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
6: And, and Artie, to me, was the gold anyway. I mean, I'll just yeah. be honest. I'll just say that. No, I, understand. So I, 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 understand. I I'm glad he came out of it. But um, So here's my quote, and then you can be done with me if you want. But think about this, okay? I just came across this yesterday. I was researching a piece on journalism, and I found this quote from a guy named Walter Lippmann, famous philosopher, won the Pulitzer Prize twice. There can be no liberty for a community which lacks the means by which to detect lies. I like that. But there could be no liberty for a community which lacks the means by which to detect lies.
2: So in other words, I think that strikes
6: screwed. at the core of so many of our conversations.
2: There's no question about it. In other words, we're screwed. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> now I'm depressed. I'll be depressed all weekend. You're always welcome, my friend. Anytime you want to pick up the phone and call, I love talking. To you. Like I said, I learn things. All it's right. wonderful.
6: Uh, you're a good man. Y'all have a great weekend. You right too, on. sir. Thanks a lot. We'll be back.
2: Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 55 pounds at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Chris Lindahl's here. Ladies and gentlemen, finally a package that benefits the
7: homeowner and not the realtor. We're giving away a free home staging package. And the reason we're doing this for KQ listeners is because you just have to win that online beauty pageant. In today's world, over 90% of showings are done on the Internet. And so you want to make sure that you stand out. The Chris team has stagers on staff, so we're able to give you free staging packages at no cost to you. So how'd you come up with this idea, Chris? Well, what's happening right now is we're watching homeowners lose tens of thousands of dollars by not having the right architectural photography and the right staging. And so they're losing all of these impressions and these showings online. And we want to do something to make a difference. And one of the number one core values at the Chris team is to be generous and give back. So we're giving free home staging packages to KQ listeners. So, Chris, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, to take advantage of the free home staging package, you can call 763-401-SOLD or go to Chrislandall.com That's Chris with a K. And don't forget to mention, Tom sent you.
2: never forget walking into my friend Norm's house in September of nineteen seventy. God I used to know the day, maybe it was September fifteenth, I don't remember. I walked in and Norm said to me, Your hero's dead. I said, What? He Jimi Hendrix is dead. Yeah. I that was I will never forget. A few years earlier Friends of mine got, uh, are you experienced for a Christmas oh, present? That was the best, and they hated it and sold what? it to me for 50 cents.
3: <laughs> they hated
2: it, they didn't like it.
3: Mental I, cases,
2: man. Uh, Jimi Hendrix was about as good as it ever got. And then I found out he was black. <laughs> no, that's
3: not it. <laughs> you're welcome.
2: That's just that's <laughs> just JP.
5: Until, JP. Until I saw the um, uh documentary on uh, netflix i always thought he was british
2: i did too and but that's because his career started yeah, in england yep well he broke big in england first big and, because yep. of Chaz chandler who, who was uh, he played with the animals
3: yeah there was footage with him in britain that's probably why
2: matter of fact the first time i ever saw him on television he was on the what was that guy's name dick cabot he yep. was on the dick cabot show and i was surprised he didn't have a british accent because I thought he was from Britain too. I thought the same thing. Well, was.
5: I thought he did have a British accent, so oh. that's why I thought he was British.
2: Oh, you thought you heard you heard a British accent? Yep. Well, I suppose he was over there for a while. But an interesting guy played like a right-handed guitar upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Madonna. Yeah. Madonna's <laughs> like British Madonna. accent.
5: Well, she she. When she hit it big after being played on black radio stations. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And she started being interviewed, it came, came, kind of came off again as kind of a British accent. Sure. Yeah, she's weird. And then everybody figured out she was from Detroit, and they're like, yeah. They like,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. An Uber driver allegedly opened fire early this morning on a male passenger after a conflict on a highway, according to Denver oh, police. God. The passenger, who may have been shot multiple times, was taken to a hospital and pronounced dead Uh-oh. following the incident that began around 2.45 in the morning. That's mountain time.
3: He shot his passenger. He shot
2: his passenger. Oh, yeah. Lord. See, this Lordy. is why I'm not big on this Uber Lyft thing. I'm not I huge on Uber
3: that. I take Uber whenever I need.
2: Well, don't anger him.
3: I, I usually don't.
2: That's good. I <laughs> have try not reason to, to make my ang- Uber driver, <laughs> Uber driver. Uh, Denver Police Spokesman Sonny Jackson said the driver was also treated at the hospital for unspecified wounds and released into police custody. Adding the investigators can't speculate on what went on in the car. Well, I suppose not. Uh, Why don't Uber cars have to have like a camera? camera? Yeah. yeah. They should, yeah. Inward facing dash cam. They can. really
3: should. And so should, yeah, they all should. They do I mean, taxis, should. don't they? Taxis
2: haven't been facing camera. Well, in some, some of them. them, I think some, some
3: cities. It's yeah, probably New York, I would guess.
2: Neither the driver nor the victim were immediately identified. Police shut down a portion of the southbound lanes of Interstate 25 through the morning rush hour, mm-hmm. causing massive gridlock as they sought to interview other drivers who may have witnessed the shooting. Jackson said authorities were in contact with Uber, mm-hmm. and it was unclear if the shooting occurred while the driver was on a job. Prosecutors oh. had not announced any charges as of early Friday morning. In a 2016 case in Kalamazoo, Michigan, an Uber driver was charged with fatally shooting six people and wounding two others, apparently at random, and blaming the car service's mobile app for it. What?
3: Sounds like a mental case again.
2: He said, and this is a quote, he blamed the car service's mobile app for turning him into a puppet.
3: Okay. I think he had problems in the first place. Mm
2: Yeah, the app turned him into a puppet, did it? It'll happen. Dickie. Well, that's uh, not good news. That's all I know. Is it's not good news for the world. So, yeah, an Uber driver shot and killed his passenger this morning.
3: Well, I wonder, that must happen with cab drivers.
2: Uh, cab drivers get killed a lot more than cab mm-hmm. drivers kill people. Yes. That does happen. Uh, not so much as it, you know, Doug Sprinthal was a cab driver. When he first got to the twin cities was a cab right. driver and he drove all over the twin cities and,
3: and he was uh, only kidnapped once
2: <laughs> i think he was only kidnapped once that's exactly right that's exactly what it is. oh wait a minute some i gotta i gotta bring this up this is this good news it's from the palm beach post so you know good lord <laughs> oh god here we go it's an ad <laughs> The Republican tax bill is now law, and that could be great news for millions of American retirees. For instance, did you know there's still a secret account? Fifty-four U.S. congressmen used to make 40 times more interest on their money. Come on! Really, that's what you Forty times? Forty times. That's a little hard to believe. Yeah, it's very hard to believe. Um, hey, that North Korean envoy arrived at the White House to deliver that letter from Kim, so that's good. Oh,
5: my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> we might have some peace in that area finally
2: uh, you think nice. so well, the war only went on for what sixty five years or well, something it's
5: still supposedly ongoing
2: yeah they no they declared an end to it now did they? No, yeah I like about a month ago, yeah, so I think it went on for i think sixty eight years something like that
5: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the war my dad was in at fourteen, so before the Korean war-
3: wow, he lied big time, yes was well, he very tall no. how did he get away
5: with? Well, back then you could get in at 16 with your parents' consent. So my grandparents must have wanted him gone. So oh, that's really nice. That's really because nice. they had to give consent and
2: say he was 16. Yeah, I suppose. So I suppose that is true. They had to give consent and, yeah. Yeah,
3: because uh, my dad joined up at 16.
2: Um, just got a quick, quick email here. Costco has raised its minimum wage to $14 an hour. So that's good. Yeah, you know, it's
3: amazing though. You go into that gigantic store, and I mean, other than the people at the checkout line, there's really not that many people working there. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's true. In the
3: meat department, there's a lot, and the electronics right. department. And other than that, you're it's just you're uh, in a sea of nothing. <laughs> <In a> sea <laughs> there's of nothing. no one to help you. I
5: think next year, next school year, the university all employees start at
2: 15 dollars an hour they do yeah yeah so. i don't i still understand why they did that to restaurants though because you have 15 dollars an hour I and know. tips they that's should have right. given it well most other states give a tip credit so that's why it works out and the businesses don't go under you know how many restaurants have closed since they've done that
3: no a lot
2: a lot really well they can't afford it. they can't be in business first of all the restaurant business operates on a very small margin anyway Yes, and then you they close do. that with with uh, without a tip credit and you got I mean there are people in town servers that work four days a week and make a hundred grand a year I mean that's pretty good
3: that's really good
2: working a four day week I mean it's not that they don't work hard servers work yeah. very very hard but um, and they
3: work lousy hours too and they work
2: yeah they, they, that's And very deal hard. with some of the worst people in the world oh. Yeah, it's
3: drunks.
5: True. <laughs> <laughs> you mean drunks? That's well, yeah, really not nice. only drunks, but just people who yeah who don't know how to like Get go drunk. to a restaurant and just be civil. Yeah, it's very
2: true. Yeah, civility's not big.
5: Right. I
3: remember that we knew this one guy that would snap his fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> remember him? Yep. He was so horrible, and he would order a drink, and it had to have three ice cubes, and if it was two, he'd like complain, and he was. Awful. I think we went out with him he twice, was, yeah. and I said I can't. I' not going and to I do. Said, Dude, if, he's, if he's involved, I'm not going. Yep. So.
5: And now it's the people who come there and need to. I heard uh, Judy Gold talk about this on Tom Papa's podcast. Oh yeah. How she hates going out with certain girlfriends because now, because she hates people who sit there and basically turn the hot lamp on the, on the waiter or waitress. Do you guys do this? Do you do that? Is your food this? Is your food that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it sustainable? <laughs> well, is it is is this local? This and she's just like, shut up. It's,
4: all I want to do is order some food
3: and eat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just want to eat some food. I know, <laughs> you It's got like, to be
3: exhausting to have every single... Action of your day be Control. under a microscope, right. yeah, and it, it, yeah, and have it be a political statement. I don't do anything unless it's a political statement, and everybody oh, needs yeah. to know how pious I am at this table. It's just got to be exhausting. How
5: important I am. Yes. How, what am I do? What yeah. I yeah. do is yeah. such a cause. Yeah, and, and I'm that, better than you. It's like just shut up. I know.
3: Just off. eat the chicken yeah, sandwich. Just do
5: your do your job. Yeah, and just exactly. leave. just know, shut up. <laughs> but I work with. And and you see this in the younger workforce. Since they're not being as paid as much as they think, and they're not in control as much as they think, because of their degrees and whatnot, yeah, they have to tell you everything they do. Oh, because no, they no, have I, to be patted on the back immediately, right?
3: No,
2: you're
5: immediate, right. It's another part of oh, immediate yes. gratification of being, yeah, you know, what. What what a wonderful job
2: you did! Yes, that was great. Oh, you, you're such a and it's like <laughs> he's patting himself on the head, by the way.
5: It's it and it's exhausting because you know you get you reply to an email with them and they reply back to you and you have to reply to that and it's like I don't want to reply to nine emails where only the first reply was enough. Yeah,
2: yeah, I understand. Yeah. A Florida girl who was allegedly kidnapped by a man she had been messaging on Facebook was rescued oh after she, send, she uh, sent a coded message for help, according to authorities. The girl's name, age, and relationship to a woman who reported her missing are redacted from uh, the report. The Escambia, or is it Escambia or Escambia? I, have I think no it's Escambia. Idea the County uh, Sheriff's Office report on the incident the woman gave police information on the girl's phone and the man who had been allegedly stalking her a convicted sex offender Great. Alaric Balfour Brown 32 of Milton uh, is it Alaric or Alaric I have no idea Come on I need any help of these here. Places are. JB Yeah like I know Is it Alaric or Alaric
3: Alaric sounds more
2: Yeah it does Floridian. Alaric. Alaric sounds like a like a cold medication Yeah Alaric Aller, Balfour Brown, 32, Milton, was arrested and charged with simple assault and kidnapping in connection with the case. Sexual battery charges were also referred to the Milton Police Department's uh, jurisdiction, according to Brown's arrest report. The woman reported the girl missing on May 26th, saying she came home to find a note saying the girl was sorry, and she did this because she loved her. The woman said the girl had been talking to someone known to her as Twist Brown for several months. I'm gonna start calling you that. <laughs> I knew I, I just, I, as soon as you said that, I went. He's gonna say, "I'm gonna start calling you Twist." <laughs> twist. I like it. Twist Blackshear. I like it. Uh, I once
5: case. won a twist contest in Come on, baby. down. Uh, it was a it was a dance <laughs> place downtown Minneapolis. Yes. Was it in the Fauche? No. Was it a black club? No. It was a. I almost want to call it the Thunderbird, but that's that was the that's wine. Bloomington, right? That was the wine I was given for winning the contest. Thunderbird! Oh, <laughs> wow,
3: God.
2: Yeah. you didn't
3: twist too hard nice for Thunderbird.
2: <laughs> yeah, there used to be an all-black club in the Fochay Tower because when what? no, this was
5: this wasn't an yeah, all-black was,
2: yeah. club because yeah, uh, you know, uh, Victor Treadwell came down. He was my I was his roommate actually. It was his apartment. I lived with with Victor and his sister Gail. And when he came down, he said, "Man." i've never been to minneapolis before we got to go to an all-black club and i said well if i'm there it's not going to be an all-black club And he goes ah they won't mind they did mind <laughs> i will tell you that even
3: if you came in with a black friend
2: yeah they were not cool. happy with me being
3: there
5: no it wasn't the gay 90s but it had like a number in it and something. roaring 20 something rock and roll something something rock and roll or something
2: <laughs> Not jukebox saturday night
5: <laughs> that's what it that, ah,
3: <laughs> that was that? jukebox yes, saturday, saturday night. night
2: that's what it was i don't
3: remember that at all where oh was yes That's where of dream roll girls, girls something, is now something. <laughs> yeah
2: rock and roll something something uh jukebox saturday night is where dream girls is now okay that's exactly
5: what where it was jukebox area yeah. a bunch of i was a student at the u of course at that point and a bunch of full-time employees Talked me into going with them down there.
2: One of my favorite stories about that the very New building. The
5: Year's sweet twist moves. <laughs> <I guess>.
2: Dream <laughs> Girls, I think, used to be upstairs. I think it has the whole place now. Jukebox 79 I think Dream Girls was upstairs. It was a strip club. And I'm walking from uh, from VoiceWorks. No, not Voice works, From uh, Creation Audio over to the Pickle Parrot. And I walk past Dream <laughs> Girls. And there's about a 75-year-old guy. Maybe an 80-year-old guy. He's wearing farmer jeans, you know, with the... With the vest and the straps and all that
5: stuff. Oh, bib overalls.
2: And he's leaning on his cane and he goes, Young man, could you help me? And I said, Absolutely, sir. What do you need? He goes, Would you look on the door here at Dream Girls and see what time they open? <laughs> <laughs> and it was about eleven twenty five in the morning. It was eleven twenty five in the morning. He said, Would you look and see what time they open? I looked and I said, They open at eleven thirty and he goes, Son of a bitch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wait five minutes? He couldn't
2: wait five more minutes to get in. He was very upset. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, good God, Sad. sir. It's five minutes. Relax. <laughs> oh, they're not open yet. <laughs> and he was not happy with that whole situation. We will be right back. I know that, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very special guest coming up. A lot of great stuff. Thank you again to Ian Punnett. I love having Ian Punnett on the show. He's a as I said, I always learn something when I talk to him. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show we're here with Chris Lindahl and we can't tell you where he works because he's got a big announcement that's right Hello.
7: we have now started our own real estate brokerage Hello. Chris Lindall real estate we have declared our innovation independence and basically we're taking the same team approach but we needed to free ourselves of the traditional real estate process that is costing homeowners tens of thousands of dollars and replace it with an innovative strategy where we can get homeowners a lot more money for their home sales And
2: that's what it's all about, right? I mean, everybody wants to sell their house for the maximum amount they can, uh,
7: and you can get that done for them. That's right. And we're so committed to being generous and giving back, and that's why we do the different events that we do in town. And and we also invest in our people to create leaders so that they can go back to their communities, their families, and their clients and make a difference. Hey, whenever he comes over to the house, he's always, oh, look, Mr. Generosity's here. That's right. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Congratulations.
2: It's a great announcement. It's going to work for you, and it's going to work for all the people who work with you. So that, that's the great part of
7: it. That's right. And thank, thank you to all the listeners for reaching out and, and, and supporting us and congratulating us. You can go to Chrislindall.com Chris with a K, to reach out to us, or call 763-401-SOLD.
2: Or you can just uh, type in MrGenerosity.com. No, that's <laughs> not true. Chris Lindahl. And the name of the company is? Chris Lindahl Real Estate. I like it, man. Thank you. Thank you. We are back. Great, great subject coming up in this 15-minute period, treating PTSD with EMDR therapy. What is EMDR therapy? Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy is an integrative psychotherapy approach. That has been extensively researched and proven effective for the treatment of trauma. Sue Galucci, how are you doing, Sue?
1: Pretty darn good. How are you? <laughs>
2: pretty darn good as well. I like <laughs> that <laughs> we just go pretty darn good, actually. How did you get yeah. involved? How did you get involved with treating uh, PTSD? Well,
1: you know, I've been a psychotherapist licensed since the late '80s, and in order to stay current with our field, we're required to take a whole bunch of seminars. Continuing education mm-hmm. units every year, and you know, God loves the field of psychotherapy, but there's a whole lot of hype, and I don't want to call it psycho babble, but they come up with new stuff or they restructure old stuff and give it a new name and whatever. I'm very patient, and in the midst of it, you hear about EMDR, and and so I went to it was probably a three day training seminar, and and I, I have a kind of cavalier attitude about. New stuff, you know, this was back in the 90s, whatever. But I went to this seminar, and after learning about the techniques for about a day and a half, they had us switch with the person sitting next to us and each, you know, act like the client for about five or ten minutes. They had us pick a very benign subject, one that wouldn't, you know, wasn't necessarily traumatic in our lives, and, and, and take a little spin, so to speak. So I remember that my neighbor's dog had been, uh, or my dog had been barking over the fence, and my neighbor kind of scolded me. So I used that, thinking, you know, that certainly didn't really matter. And in about five minutes of sitting there with the little headset and the hand buzzers on, and again in this completely impersonal setting and seminar with a hundred people who I never met, sitting next to this woman who I certainly didn't know. All of a sudden, I got brought back, honestly, to a time back when uh, my mother was sick in the hospital, probably 20 years earlier, and an event that happened when uh, some of the relatives started raising their voices and sort of yelling. And so it was at that moment when I realized that if I could be in this all-day seminar in this most impersonal setting, pick something, a current event, like my neighbor yelling at me about my dog, and have that bring me back to an event where my mother was sick and dying and family members were upset 20 years earlier, out of the blue, that that was an extremely valid tool. And so, of course, learn more about it. I use it with my clients when it's appropriate, And it's not only for big past traumatic events, but it also just helps people restructure smaller traumas um, or even just sort of coping strategies that they developed, you know, where did that come from, why do I think that, how can I restructure that so that those coping strategies work better for me now as well. So it's not just big bad traumas, but it's a whole lot of stuff. In between and it really does help people it's a very valid it's it, it's literally the only sort of instrument or tool or trick of the trade that i use other than talk therapy
3: how did they come up with that therapy
1: do you know the... you know it was interesting yeah the, uh, francine shapiro back in the late 80s um was uh undergoing some you know traumatic events and as she was walking along uh boulevard that was lined with trees, of all things, uh, and her eyes were shifting back and forth, looking from tree to tree, she noticed that it was very relaxing, and, and it was kind of bringing up some memories or clearing her mind to, you know, get in touch with some things that she really hadn't thought about in quite some time, so she found that to be sort of interesting. Following that and piggybacking on some of the others. Um, things that were circling in the mental health community there's also that place that we can go to only when we're sleeping where our current mind and our past experiences sort of merge you know when you have dreams they can be so weird Mm -hmm. Like you'll be dreaming of your childhood house but yet you'll be with your current friends and a beer will come running through the middle of the scene and you're like what the heck was that right so so, so unless you're like psychotic or schizophrenic that's the only time in your day when you're having past and present parts of your brain working at the same time so they always found that interesting they then dissected that a little bit further because that's also the only time when REM occurs that rapid eye movement so they thought what's the correlation is ram what's making these two parts of the brain past and present both activated so then they looked at ram rapid eye movement they realized the plane at which your eyes move right mm-hmm. it's sort of it's not way your eyes don't look way up or way down it's sort of at, at the kind of neutral plane and also the distance it's somewhat peripheral but your eyes only ram back and forth to for a certain distance so then they and people just moving their eyes back and forth. And so it's kind of a combination of what Francine Shapiro was experiencing, the bilateral stimulation, and that your brain can be open to both past and present at the same time. And that's what EMDR sort of folds all together so that we can be, you know, sitting here together in 2018 in a session here in my office. And it can bring us back to events that that really did create coping strategies for you that you're not even conscious of, and we can sort of meld them all together and and kind of dissect and disarm the old patterns and free you up to live a life that's more um, you know congruent with what's really happening here in two thousand and eighteen
5: well, will this um uh, therapy uh bring about uh A calmness in one's
1: life? Yeah, because what it does is, depending on where, yes, the answer is yes. Because what it can help you do in each situation is so different, it's hard to get hypothetical. But, for example, in in the uh, thing that helped me open my eyes to EMDR when I got brought back to that scene when my mother was uh, in the hospital dying, Obviously, I had stuff that I still needed to talk about with my mother, right? Mm-hmm. And so my therapist in that case could bring me back and we could talk about that more. Um, and so, let's see, here's another example. I worked with a client, um, and she had huge self-esteem issues. One of the nicest, sweetest people you've ever met, but inside, she really thought that she was worthless and no good so we would talk about lots of threads that helped form that network where she had that belief and you know we work i work with the client several sessions before we would ever if even do emdr but in her case we did and it brought us back to a time when she was in probably kindergarten or first grade and that was back when kids had those flip top desks
4: oh yeah they stood
1: yeah. in a row and so the teacher went along and she opened up each kid's desk to see if they were clean and in order And when the teacher got to her desk, she called her derogatory terms. You know, she's a messy little piggy, if I recall, was the word. And she took her desk and she emptied it out on the floor, you know, thoroughly embarrassing her in front of all the kids. And Mm. and so who would have thought that? Again, here I am with an adult woman. She's in her forties. We're talking about her self-esteem, current events that you know, trigger that and what her life is like. And we do some EMDR and she goes back to the scene in kindergarten, you know, where, where a teacher dumped her desk and humiliated her in front of the kids. And so as we, as we process that in the EMDR, I help her not only feel those feelings that she was unable to express at that time. So perhaps she would cry. She would talk about how embarrassing it was. You know, we we can kind of work through that. But then in the end, as we stick with the EMDR process, she also then can really see how that set the course of her life for all those other low self-esteem incidents and issues. But then also we can go one step further where eventually she really not only sees but feels deeply um, that she wasn't a pig and she was a wonderful little girl and that the teacher was wrong and, and she can really... We can often say those things. Like, I know that the teacher was wrong and I was a good kid, but we don't really integrate it. And mm. so we got her to the point where she really integrated it, that she was a wonderful little girl and that she then is a wonderful woman. And so it, it helps you understand the system, where it came from, and it helps you break it down so that it's no longer present. It's always that you can look at things clearly.
3: It's always interesting to me how one incident like that can set somebody's psyche up for the rest of their lives. It's it just, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Cause what, what helps people to understand cause a lot of the resistance well, there's a lot of resistance for people to come into therapy. That's a whole nother session. But one of them is they say, you always want to go back to the past. We should leave the past behind us. Just move on. Well, it's very nice in theory, but our soul doesn't understand chronology so while something hurts you way back when you were little it still hurts you today if, if we don't have a chance to go back and unravel that and and part of what you just touched on too is is when things happen to you when you're little you don't have very advanced coping strategies they're elementary at best so mm-hmm. you reach conclusions either about yourself or the world and they're definitive like that little girl at kindergarten believed, I am a worthless pig, and then that's that's one of your. But you begin to write your constitution, mm-hmm. and it's kind of written in stone. It's written in unconscious stone. Mm-hmm. So for her, I am a little pig became. I also will, I'll tell my clients I'll say like what year did that occur? 1972. You put in your operating system. Windows 1972, (laughs) that's where you begin to build the motherboard of your computer. And the first thing on your your operating system is, I am a worthless, no good person. Hmm. And so no matter what you try to enter, in 2018, when you hit enter, 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 it keeps coming up, I am a worthless human being. And so that's where I I help you understand what's the whole system, where did it come from? What do we need to dismantle so that when you enter things in 2018, that is where we are?
5: Yeah, I I, um, experienced something similar to that as a 12-year-old. I have a a younger sister and an older sister berated me about a friend of mine who was much neater, much cleaner, much better, this, that, and the other. Just totally stripped me down because my friend was... You know all these things, and to this day, mm-hmm. I, I catch myself uh, trying not to compare my, because that's where I fall back to and to that comparison. Yeah. And I, most people who know me to who know me now would tell you I'm a very neat person. I'm a very organized person. I'm a very detailed person. Mm-hmm. But I I can basically trace it back to that day. So that's mm-hmm. where that's where things turned
2: for me. Yep.
3: Yeah, and Tom, you've got you've got lots of stories about your childhood that affected you.
2: Sue, you don't want to start it unless you can stay for another segment. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want to stay for another segment, you don't want to hear a bug. I I
1: can I can I can put you on the calendar for next week. I'm telling you, Sue. I think I can fit in.
2: Well, the problem wasn't I. I talked about this. I've talked about this very openly on the morning show and on this show as well. That when I was a little boy, seven years old is the first time I can remember it. My father was schizophrenic, so he would see and hear things that oh. weren't there. And it scared the hell out of me. Sure. Um, and then, of course, uh, later that year, he told me, well, you know, I've never really liked you. So your own oh. father telling you that he sees things and hears things and he tells you he doesn't like you. It's like, man, you're deeply flawed and you don't like me. <laughs> what is the, What chance do I have? Right. Yep. So, so get the yep. get the eye movement thing ready. I'm coming soon.
1: <laughs> you can see where, you know, honestly, when when you fold together a few of the things that I'm I'm just able to share with you off the cuff here, but yeah. when you realize that your soul and your psyche does not know time or chronology, yep, it literally doesn't. If you think about that, and I am 58 years old. God help me, but. No matter how far back I look in my life, everything feels like it was 20 minutes or maybe an hour ago, no matter how far in the past. And when I think about my future, it also feels the same. Your soul is always right here and right now. It doesn't know the calendar. It doesn't know its age. It's just here and right now. And so whatever boo-boos that you had, no matter how long ago or how elementary they seem at an adult level, for your soul, that is still a boo boo, and it is still bleeding.
2: I can understand until
1: you that. can work with a really good therapist like me. <laughs> seriously, because I've been to some there are some dull therapists. I got to tell you. So, how do but people reach? Oh my god, I want to like shoot myself in the head, but <laughs> when, <laughs> no, seriously. But when you when you can go back and and talk about what that pain was like talk about what that incident was like give it as much attention as energy it had so for example when your when your dad said to you you know i don't like you that's a huge like a a, if there was a volume of emotional content right that would be like on a scale of one to ten like a 20 right that's that's a big deal and as a little kid they do not know how to they don't know talk about emote as a verb they don't know how to emote Talk about it at all, right. so they just stuff right? So it's yeah. still sitting there as raw and new and real today in your little heart as it was the day that it happened. So yep. what we do together here in, in the office it's your adult self, who has better coping strategies than that little boy, me, who's a hell of a therapist. <laughs> we go back together and we talk we talk, we sort of let that little inner child, we talk about what was that like for you. We really let you get it all out for the first time ever. We honor it. right?
2: I think that's a wonderful thing. Sue, can you you hold on for a few minutes because we have to take a break. Would you mind sticking around a little bit after the top of the hour?
1: Well, here's the only bummer. I have a 2 o'clock appointment.
2: Okay, well, then you got to come back. You got to come back because I want to talk to you more about this. This makes a ton of sense to me
1: yeah no I'd love to
2: how do people reach to. out how do people reach out and get a hold of you
1: 952-463-0600 uh, my name is Sue Gallucci and I'm on I've got my web page and Facebook and all kinds of good stuff
2: we'll reach out I'd love to have you back on Sue thank you
1: yeah no thanks it was really a pleasure
2: our pleasure okay
1: we'll be back okay Tom you